Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light, the Fight podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. In fact, this is a part two episode from our last episode about father oldest son relationship. As always, got my man Rojo here with me. Rojo, yeah, thank you for joining us for part thank you. two. Yeah, this is nice to be back. Yeah, and I want to jump right into it because we left everyone on a cliffhanger last time. And um, based upon the numbers, apparently people can relate to the father oldest son relationship. When I mean numbers of downloads, because Every episode is going to have like some episodes like perform really well, some perform decent, right? This one had a lot of uh, even attention on uh, on Instagram, on the reel. Definitely got a lot of uh, downloads so far on the podcast uh, platform. So that means people are going to want to hear the part two. Since we left you guys on a cliffhanger, we're going to pick it up from where we left off before. Um, Rojo, I talked to him about, um, we were talking about how his dad passed away suddenly and then how he had a son suddenly. After... We shut off the cameras. Rojo started getting into it a little bit. I was like, hold on, hold on. Save that for the next episode because I don't want to hear it. Um, I want to hear it fresh, basically. So why don't you uh, talk a little bit about what was the connection you made that you said you hadn't made that connection before? And just let's just dive right into it. Well, um, I mean, first off, that was a, a real good ending point, I say, because it did make me have those questions. I'm like, oh, man, like, does that make sense? Does this make sense? But, you know, what they say about life is that a one life goes away another life pops up or comes or comes into the world and um to hear what we were just talking about last week or our last episode um it it did it hit differently to kind of hear it because it finally it all came in full circle of like okay dad unexpectedly was killed when i was younger unexpectedly it was something that we didn't plan for it was just happened in the inner city it happened and it was like wow you know and then fast forward to when Aiden was born, it's like I didn't know about Aiden until two weeks after. So I didn't know about my son until two weeks after he was born. And then it was just like a random shot, like a quick shot of like, you're a dad now. And it's like, okay. So to go back to what we was talking about in episode one, about how the connection and how that all kind of bleeds in together, it's just like, wow, you know, one life ends, another life starts. And it could be quick of somebody unexpectedly you know, passing away or being killed or, and then it can go to vice versa where unexpectedly you're a father. Yeah. It's like, wow, like it happens fast. So that was just something that I say it, it, it shocked me to kind of listen to you to talk about it because I'm a listener as well. Just like, just like our audience, you know, I'm a listener as well. And just like, Hey, this is something that, that is meant to be, you know, it's a reason behind this. It wasn't, uh, just random this has just happened no it was the reason behind it so to hear what you was talking about and then speaking about how that all relates and connects it just it took it tugged at me a little bit of like wow so god has this plan or the world has this plan of like this is kind of what i needed of like the unexpected of your father being killed then the unexpected of you have a son now yeah when i was so as you know as our listeners know especially the ones that have saw this on youtube um if you go back and see it on YouTube, you could tell that it was um, what's called a cathartic reaction. A cathartic reaction is when we're just sitting there, all of a sudden we hear something, and all of a sudden we're like, 
oh shoot, I'm about to cry right now. Like, and you get emotional and you're like, you don't even know where it comes from at mm-hmm. the moment. Right. And I saw your eyes started to water up for me. What it looked like from my perspective sitting here is that there was like this, this time jump from you being a little kid, your dad dies. And then somehow that jumped all the way to the connection of you surprisingly became a father just mm-hmm. at the same, like you surprisingly lost your father. You surprisingly came, uh, got, became a father. And it was almost like it was a time warp from that time to this time. And somehow like it was a bridge that connected those two. And when you were sitting there, like, I could see you going like, damn, I didn't see this coming, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because it, it made sense. It was just, you, you don't think about these type of things until you talk to somebody where they have the experience to understand some of the education side behind it or some of the reasons behind it that can add to that, that can add to that, that feeling. So when that feeling hit um, on our last episode, it was just like, like, okay, this is what, this, what it's supposed to feel like, you know, like this is exactly why I'm here. And this is exactly why the things happened the way it did. Yeah. And I mean, we're obviously only speculating, but it seems like it was very preparatory. Like it prepared you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, in a it, weird way, it's kind of like, I'm used to the shock of death. I'm used to, like, I can handle the shock of life. Yeah, but then it turns more into, like, being able to um, become that father in 48 hours. Yeah. You know, that was something that you don't expect. And, like, we were just talking about on the last episode is some some fathers and, you know, sometimes mothers, um, you get prepared for having a kid. You know, like, you got your nine-month window of, like, yeah. the baby's being developed, everything is happening. So you're starting to make this plan, starting to push everything. Okay, like, you know, this is what I want. This is what the baby would need. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? How are we going to adjust? And like you said, as fathers, as soon as you find out that that's, that's a boy that's in that belly, it's like, hey. Your mind starts your preparing mind starts, what kind of son like, you want yeah, to be. Yeah, like how I want him to be. Yeah. I want him to lean into sports, doing this, doing that. For me, it was just like, boom, you know, like right there, you have a son. Like his name was already Aiden. His name already was already there. It's like, okay. Like the preparation for it didn't really exactly happen, but the more that I was already, my mom already, my mom already had me prepared for life when it comes to things like this because of the way that our family, at, like our family, has been going through different, not struggles, but different surprises. So it was just like surprise, boom, it's happening. But when we was talking about it last week, it's just like or last episode. We was talking about last episode. It was like, wow, I shared this with my mom. Like that's pretty much what it is just like surprise death surprise life boom aiden is here yeah um you'd said off camera um a little bit about what had taken place like right when you found out you had your son it was like okay you have a son found out was you know it was legit your son and then you quickly go to see him and your mom was with you yeah (laughs) you may not have known how to be in a dad but your mom knows how to be a parent yeah and then she know her kids yeah she's pretty much like like we were sharing, we were sharing off air. It's just like, okay, you have a son. I need to come see him right now. That's like my mom is old school. You know, she's just like, yeah, the percentages of what the baby is, if it's yours or not. Yeah, that I understand it, but I need to see the baby. So then my mom comes the next day. We in we in Tennessee. She comes. Okay, where's the baby? What's the? And I'm like Aiden. Okay, where's the baby? It's like let's go see him. So me and my mom went to go see him for the first time, and we go over, and it's like. He's sitting in the bassinet, and it was like my mom like quickly was like, "Okay, let's go see." We go over there, and before we can even before she even like can get really close, she just glanced in and was just like, "Okay, this is you all over again. Like this is you." 
All right, how much I, of a trip was I, that for you I, to know that your mom like she, she has to leave no she's just like like percentage like oh well 90 99.8 that don't mean anything i need to see the baby i need to see what my grandbaby look like i need to know and as soon as she seems just like instantly just like the, i think her love instantly shot in like this is robert all over again robert this is you we need that we need to teach how to be a dad and it's like okay all right i'm not leaving for another week i need to teach you we need to get this going we need to we need to teach you how to be a dad because I know that you wasn't prepared for it, but we're going to get you prepared. And that's pretty much what my mom did. Man, you were so fortunate to have a mom that does not mess around, doesn't play. She was like, this is a serious thing. Yeah. This is your yeah. opportunity. It's almost like a lot of young men. Um, I have a lot of friends that they don't have a close relationship with their mom or their dad. And they've become parents all of a sudden. And when they got that opportunity or when they found out that they're a parent, they're like, uh, uh, they're just kind of like stuck in this place. Like, do I start with this? Do I start with that? And when you told me that story, it was really cool because I'm like, man, your your mom, she played both roles, the father mm -hmm. and the mother. Uh, she had and to. so she didn't hesitate. She knew as soon as she identified, first of all, that's pretty cool that, that <laughs> mom was like, oh, that's you. Yeah, that's you. She said oh. like, that was you when you were a little kid. She recognized mm -hmm. you and that baby. And instantly you do this, boom, boom, boom. She taught you how to bottle feed. She taught you yeah. how, to, how to hold uh, the baby. How to, hold the, how to change the diaper in a, in a dark. It was like, that would be the only time that you would get some sleep is being able to close your eyes <laughs> and change the diaper. Like, that would be the only time. I'm like, wow. And she taught me all that. And, you know, it goes back to just the point of just the way that she handled everything. And she allowed me to be one, one of the many sons. Because, yeah. like I said, it's five of us, five boys, two girls, so seven of us. But she, she knew how to attack that right at that moment and understood that this is your first kid. Like, no matter how things go, you're going to have to figure out how to understand your first kid. Yeah. Going back into our episode of the firstborn son. Very For me, important. It was just, yeah, very important. And I think my mom, she already knew, like, at the end of the day, it's really important for you to have this relationship. You have to learn how to be a dad. And later in life, you know, things, you know, things comes up and, you know, sometimes I don't make the best decisions. But my mom always tried her best to support it. But then also give me both sides like almost like an agent yeah <laughs> like, like you know i'm gonna give you these options of like this is the option if you decide to do this this is the option you, you decide to do that but then with aiden it was only one option it was like you got to learn how to be a dad and i'm not about to be the one that's gonna hold your hand and i'm gonna he comes to me all the time no you're gonna have to learn how to do these things because it's important for that relationship of father son well and also born. too she's teaching you from a different perspective as a mother but you're having to be the father and the mother in this situation. Yeah. yeah. And because, so she had to be the mother and the father. So playing both of those roles, you know, that's more complex than just playing just the father role. Like yeah. You have to bring the balance to your family. Oh, man. Because being disciplined was something that um, she, took, she took ownership of. And then also being caring and also being there. Like, just one of the main things that she always did. And, like, no matter how much some of our history, some of our, um, you know, um, drug abuse history that we have. She always made sure that she was at every event for us, no matter what. She knew that that was more important for her to be there physically than to just be out of it because of a long night. Yeah. You know, like, and she taught me that and just was like, hey, this is exactly what you need to do for your son. So I always want to make sure I be there for Aiden, make sure to be there. And then it's like later in life, you know, other things kind of transpired and boom, Adonis. I need to make sure to be there for my youngest for Adonis as well. But then also, um, I guess I just picked up on it as what we was talking about in the episode. I'm making sure that Aiden is being there for his brother as well. Because at the end of the day, 
you're the big brother, but then the dynamic of that relationship of the oldest compared to any other siblings that you have, it's a dynamic that pushes over from the father to the son. Then now the son got to be the brother. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's weird I, I, how it all goes together. Oh, I want to comment on what you just said, because a lot of people, um, and, and this is something you hear on social media all the time. And I, I don't know why it's talked so much like this, maybe because people catch onto a phrase and they go, okay, this is really cool. But I, I want to I want to talk about it a little more in depth in regards to the father to old son relationship because in our last episode we talked about you actually have two oldest sons, pretty much. And yes. so and oh. so it's an oldest son from two different relationships, and in each one of those relationships, you know if you know if you had like you know you know uh, you know Aiden and Adonis, but then you had two daughters. Let's say you had two daughters with both those girls afterwards, you would have two oldest sons and two oldest daughters, right? Because they're from two different times of your life. Two different places. Now, if you'd have Aiden and then Adonis from you know, the same person, then be an oldest son, youngest son. And so the way this works is that you're having that same symbiotic relationship I talked about with Aiden, also with Adonis, but it's at a different time in your life. Adonis is just yeah. three years old. So now you're like, okay, I've done this before. I know how to, how to show up. And that's what I want to talk about. So a lot of people talk about, you just got it's all about showing up. It's all about showing up. I've asked a lot of people, okay, well, tell me what that means. Now, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm smarter than them or whatever. I just ask people. Most people just go, well, you know, you just got to gotta show up. You know, it's like, it's about being present. It's about living in the moment. Yeah, continue. Interesting enough, you just described in a story detail, and your mom taught you this, about showing up. Not just she told you to do this, she showed you how to do this. Mm-hmm. So... I work obviously with a lot of parents, a lot of parents today in today's tech, in today's world, when they're tired, when they're exhausted, maybe they have addiction issues. Maybe they, you know, they, they don't like their job. They will not be, I'm doing air quotes, present. They're not showing up. What that really means is that they're giving their kid a device. They're giving their kid mm. just the bare minimum of their energy because they're, they, they expended all their energy. And now they're trying to reload. They're trying to reload their energy. In that time span, in between that, the kid is in limbo. The kid doesn't even know, even if they are conscious, but they don't even know how much just you being in the vicinity and not on your phone or not playing video games while you're watching them do something. What it does is even if you're not there with your best energy, even if you're not like fully focused, at some point, the reps are going to open up your eyes to things that you wouldn't see if you weren't there. Yeah. So for yeah. example, I did this thing on KSL a long time ago talking about, um, you know, parents with their phones. You and I have talked about our oldest sons a lot. So my oldest son and, you know, little TMI here, um, <laughs> I was on the toilet, <laughs> holding my cell phone, looking at my cell phone. And this is what caused me to get off social media. So two and a half years, I wasn't even checking the podcast account. And it showed because we didn't post anything for like two and a half years. <laughs> I got rid of my personal account and it all stemmed from this one interaction with my son. He walked in the bathroom and he grabbed my cell phone and put it down and like pushed it down. I looked at him. So you know, I'm like, oh, I'm doing work. And I made up some stupid excuse. So I didn't look like a bad dad. Right. And he's like, and I forget the exact word that he said. He's kind of, he was like, he was like, no, come do this with me. Come do this with me. And then I was like, no, I'll be there in a minute. And I went to put it back up and he put it back down. And he, and he, he said something along the lines like, I do like, 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 what are you doing? Like, like what, what, why are you looking at your phone? Why are you on your phone? 
And I realized at that moment, my son was in competition with my phone. Your phone? And as much as I want to rationalize it, as much as I want to justify it, as much as I want to be like, well, son, I'm doing work. Because I tried to pull that the first time. And I was like, dude, I, I, he's calling me out. Like, I'm just not doing it. All my excuses don't matter to a four-year-old, mm-hmm. right? So I put my phone down, put in. I, I told my wife. And, of course, my wife's like, yeah, you need to she was all my son's side. So I'm like, I knew when I opened up that can of worms for her, she, you know, I knew what she was going to say. And so eventually it led to me getting off, um, you know, social media. When your mom told you do this, do this. Most dads in that situation would have froze like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Oh, here's my son. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to like, oh, that's the mom's job. The mom's got to do that. So with your mom showing you, Hey, no matter what her life was like at that particular time, she's going to be there at your practice. Well, our sons were supposed to hang out yesterday Yeah, for us yeah. to go do something. And I knew for you to drive all the way up here, drop it off. Like I knew it wasn't going to be convenient, tough, right? Yeah. But then when you said, hey, man, like actually my little son, Adonis, like he's got a swim, he's got a swim practice. And I don't want to miss that. I just want to be there. I got to be there. Yeah, and as soon man. as you said that, I'm like, nah, man, we'll, we'll do it another time. Yeah. And it was like something about. Like just me this past year, I've been focused on it a lot. I talked about it on my Light the Fight podcast. I didn't realize how much I didn't like, if I felt like my son wasn't listening to me, if I felt like I didn't have influence on him, I just wanted to tap out and give up fine. I just wanted to walk away. If you don't want to listen to me, if you don't want to allow me to be influenced, like an influence in your life to walk away. My wife does the opposite. She just keeps on going, keeps on going. And eventually he takes instructions from her. Mm. He'll allow her to say stuff to him. Yeah. And she had to teach me, you got daddy issues, man. You don't have a dad in your life. I didn't have a dad in my life. I don't think you and I realize how much our daddy issues get us frustrated with our sons when there's this natural thing. And I've seen it happen with so many dads where they pull away and they make excuses to not engage with their sons because it's hard. Yeah. Because it's difficult. Well, I mean, like I'm we going through that now, like those, those phases, it's a phase that's, that happens. And you know, like what we did yesterday with, um, with, with Jamie and the breathing, the breathing. Um, yeah. We went yeah. to a breath event, by the way, we're going to do a little event. video yeah, about that. Yeah. Event. And it was, and it was perfect to kind of pull me back into the center and being able to like level myself again about what was happening. Because like you said, man, it, it, it gets tough, but it's one thing that my mom always did that I just kind of figure I can start doing is making sure to be there, like be there present, and not be there on your phone or not interested. No, when I went to down to the swimming lesson yesterday, like I was trying to get his attention the whole time so he can <laughs> so he can see. And then when he finally saw me, it's like like you you could see that his energy. You wanted him to yeah, see. I wanted him to like, see me. I got yeah, you. like I'm here. You. Yeah, and it just like changed up everything. And he was trying harder. Yeah, it's small. It's it's those small deposits that means the world because I can go all the way back to when I was playing football in high school and. And my high school, we had, it was a lot of kids, but it, we didn't have, the stands wasn't too big. It hold probably about maybe like 300, 300 people maybe. Yeah. Like, and um, I knew, I can hear my mom when I was on the field. I can hear her talking and people used to always be like, oh, that's kind of weird. How did you do it? Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just, I can hear her and I can get a good, a, a good area of where she could possibly be. And I test this out when I got to the NFL. Because in college, when we was here at Utah, it was like, yeah, I kind of did a little bit of cheating where it's like, I know where the tickets are at. I know exactly where the yeah, session, you know, like, you know, kind of look up there. But then I wanted to test it out a little bit while I was in the NFL. And I remember I was playing against the San Diego Chargers at the old San Diego place. We was playing against the San Diego Chargers and the NFL tickets, they don't give them directly to you. 
They normally they just leave pick them, them up. They you pick, don't know where they're you at. Leave them at. Yeah, you don't yeah. know where they're at. So, um, you know, at the San Diego uh, San Diego Charger Stadium, they place fans everywhere. It's never just like a session. Qualcomm spread all yeah, over Qualcomm the place, is, yeah. yeah, everywhere. Yeah, see, so during that game, like, like specifically during that game, I was starting my second game starting the year playing in San Diego. Um, I dropped the interception. I dropped the interception. I remember. I knew that I knew Philip Rivers was throwing this pass. I decided to go jump it. It goes through my hands. It goes through my hands. And when it went through my hand, it, it went to my partner, Altron Werner, lap. He got an interception. But then, as soon as we were celebrating, getting ready to get off the field, I know that I heard somebody. Like I know I heard something that was just like, like, ah, come on, Robert. And, you know. And then I can like hear my brothers like talking shit about me. Like I hear my brothers like, <laughs> like you know, I, I can hear my brothers just like. Like, oh, he would have caught that in the backyard, you know, <laughs> things like that. So then I get to the side. You could have been a hero, bro. Yeah, like, like, like I'm, I'm legit getting to the side. I'm like, damn, I dropped it. And then I just, like, hear the voice, like, you get the next one. And I, like, look up, and I'm like, okay. That's my mom. Se- yeah, like, you know, like, I, I know, the, like, the session, the, the section, the section was, like, SS, way up top on the opposite end, like, on behind the home, behind the home field, way at the top. And I was like, okay, I'm going to remember that. Because after the game, I'm going to ask them where they were sitting at. You know, and I did. I asked my brothers and my mom, them like, where was y'all sitting at? And they told me it was, it was in session SS, like way at the top. I'm like, I had a feeling. And my mom was like, you must have hurt me. I'm like, well, pretty you, much. You know, <laughs> you know what that proves is that our kids have an antenna looking for us to see where we're at and what we think of them. And, you know, when you when you wear that, that jersey. That, I mean, means, that means so much, though. Like, and people, and huge. some parents don't understand it, that us, is, when you was a kid, you look for somebody to acknowledge you as a kid, especially when you're doing these events. Because yeah. man, I can like track me like a random track me. I'm in Sandy, I'm in Sacramento, and I knew that my family couldn't afford. It. I just knew it, and it's like I'm at the track me, going through my track me stuff, like doing all my events. The four by four come around, which is the last event, which is the main event from what I always think. I mean, I'm warming up. All of a sudden, I just hear somebody, "Man, you better get that, Rob. You better get there." I'm like. Hell, it's called something like my brother. Like, look around. It's my second to the oldest brother. It's my, it's my brother Wayne. He somehow figured out a way to get to the damn state. He got to uh, Sacramento for the track meet. And I just was like, okay. It motivated me more yeah. after the track meet. I'm like, bro, how did you get here? He said, oh, don't worry. But I'm about to head back home right now. I'm like, how did you get here? He said, I'm here. See, but those little things right there of like, even though that's not the relationship that we was talking about as in the father and the son yeah but my mom had to play both roles so she really like put that in and then the big brother little brother role it's like your oldest brother took on that role yes yes he took on that role so speaking Mm -hmm. of which when you played and when i play when anyone plays sports right um like football you know stuff like that you have your name on the back your last name yeah there's a whole lot that goes into that it does because when you're wearing johnson on the back of your jersey that's like, okay, I am representing my family. So you don't want to play bad, not only because it's going to hurt your career, it's going to hurt your chances and whatever level you're at to get more playing time, but also it represents your family. You don't, no one wants to bring dishonor to their family. You want to bring honor, glory to your family. An episode, and then um, episode was just before it, our previous yeah. episode, like what you were just mentioning about how it's so important for that father to feel like last name is being held down by. My oldest son, but yeah. he's also represented the same way that I was represented. Like I'm the rep- the representation of it is exactly what my son is doing. And so I, I think it's important, especially for everybody listening to this that has an oldest son, 
as we think about how important that is, not just with, you know, your oldest son, but with all your kids, when they represent you. Now, if it's in sports, they're going to have the jersey on. If they're in a, if they're in a recital for music, you open up the pre- the, the, the paper and, and it's going to have their name. name, their picture there, yeah. right? Uh. So whenever you have your child involved in something, you see your name with that child, that connection, it can be helpful and it can also be hurtful. Hey, let me ask you a big question then. So we, cause we yeah. all play sports. We yeah. all play sports. Newspaper growing up. When you see your name in that newspaper and you see a picture of you in that newspaper, how did it make you feel? Oh, it made me feel like a million bucks. It made me feel like I was over, like just over the moon and made sure to take it to my mom. And my mom was just like really happy as well. So that's like well, a weird relationship. Because, because it connects your tribe, your community. People will say, I saw your son in the newspaper. Yes. <laughs> and you actually get happy because your parent is proud of you and excited about you. Just like it happens the opposite if they see your mugshot. Yes. Right. Like I, I got pretty lucky. I got pretty blessed that all five of my brothers and my two sisters, my mom never had the experience that that, that trial run of, yeah. of that. But she did experience it with no one has some of our closest some of our closest friends. That was like she she was the mother for them. Yeah. And like all of a sudden did something that's not right. And my mom is like, I gotta go talk to him. I gotta go find him to go talk to him. So she's seen it that way too as well. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I don't think I've ever seen any bumper sticker that says parolee of the month. Huh? Well, I'm excited. Student of the month, uh, right? Yeah, my, my 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 son is over at this correctional office. Yeah, yes. no, no parolee of the month, right? My son just got a you know out of uh, Pel- Pelican Bay. Pelican Bay, baby. Yeah, like, my yes. my son was best best inmate at Rikers. You know what I mean? And so that, that going back to that honor that glory, but I also want to finish talking about the whole entire showing up thing. Yeah. As parents, when we continue to just be there and engage. So being present is just being there, right? Showing up, what I think what people are really trying to, to, to say, and I think what I want people to know is that showing up means that you're engaged even if you are tired, even if you're exhausted, right? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the extreme of that is the parent who's like yelling at the coach or walking on the field <laughs> or on the court. We've talked uh-huh. about that on those players. Player coaches, don't do that, parents. Hey, but but field trips, yeah. just going on field trips with your kids. Going on field trips with your kids, uh, right? You went on a field trip with your son yeah. recently. And all those things, because they have that satellite that's like, doo, 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 doo. they're looking for you to see if you care about them. There's a big issue. You know, I've talked about this on other podcasts. There's a big issue when it comes to kids' mental health, when it comes to the destruction of the family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, the There's a study, I won't repeat too much about the study, but a study was done by Harvard, BYU, and Johns Hopkins University. They narrowed down to about a 91% accurate rate of what was the leading contributing factors to kids being suicidal, like teenagers, right? And um, one of those four things were not having a father or a father figure in the home. So many dads have have told me why they weren't a part of their kids' lives. And it always had to do something like, the mom's too difficult for me to deal with. Yeah, I heard that one a lot. So I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm not going to be a part of my kid's life. It's like, you know, it's just not worth it for me. Another one is my kid doesn't like me. He doesn't respect me. He, you know, these types of things. That's number two. Third one is, you know, mental health addiction issues themselves, right? Kenneth Scott came on the podcast and he talked about like, you know, he and I had a lot of personal deep conversations, but he talked about on the podcast too about, you know, he finally had a conversation with his dad. I was like, dad, like, how come you weren't there for me? Like, like, what did you do? And, and the dad in that moment, I'm paraphrasing, was like, I felt like I was, I was not 
the guy you needed in your life. So because that, I pulled away because I didn't want like, he didn't say these words. I was like, I didn't want to affect you with my issues. Like, you know, he's throwing drugs and out of jail. So I wanted to keep you safe from that. And in a logical sense, I get it, right? Maybe it wouldn't have been a great idea for, you know, to have a drug, you know, addict father or father that struggled with that. But I think it's less about that when I talk to dads. I'm just using his dad as an example. I think it's more about that mirror. Because Kenneth is his dad's only son, which makes him his oldest son. And when you look in that mirror, it's like, this is an innocent version of me. I don't want to corrupt that. I don't want to mess it up. Not knowing that by not being involved makes it way worse. Now, when you're involved, it gives you the opportunity to change your ways. If you, if you got a short temper, if you're a dad that flips out a lot on, you know, and gets emotional, you don't get better at calming yourself down if you're not around your kid. So if you only have your kid every now and then, or if you've pulled away and you're trying to have a, a relationship from the distance, it's be difficult to be able to connect and get to know your kid. You may get a lot of anger and frustration with your kid. And I feel bad for the dads that, you know, for whatever reason, don't have a lot of time with their kids because when they do have the time with them, you can either be the Disneyland dad or you can be trying to get some order and trying to influence them. And they may, they may not want that discipline. They may not want you to be that. And that's a difficult thing to navigate. But when dads don't engage, and so instead of saying showing up, I say engage, engage. You have to be there. You have to be looking at them. You have to be talking at them and then understand, okay, what is my kid trying to tell me? Is my kid saying when he's pissed off at me, he's like, don't tell me uh, you know, how to play football. Don't tell me how to swim. Don't tell me how to do those things. That doesn't mean that your kid doesn't want you there. Because if you walk away, then the kid's like, where'd you go? I, I just didn't, I was just mad at you. Yeah. Like I, I, like I, as a kid, you'd rather have your dad there to be mad at you, to be mad at him and work out those differences as opposed to him not there at all. But it's, it's, it's a tough, it's sometimes it's tough decisions that needs to be made and, and, um, and things, and things happen and you have to, um, live with some of those decisions. And as oh, a parent, yeah, you know, yeah, and, as a, and as a parent, when, when, when things like that are very tough decisions to be made, and um, you do feel that um, you feel like it's not just at that moment that that decision is made, but it's it, it's it's a life decision. It um it puts you in a position of um it's it's hard to. It, it, it's hard to talk about this. It is. It's very hard. It, it is for me. Um, you know, um, only only my closest friends knows situations that has happened in my life where a decision had to be made, and and um, you have to live with it. You know, you have to live with it. And as that parent, you know, it's those decisions are sometimes things that you can't really explain but you got to live with it and it will come back later but you just have to live with that decision that was made right at that moment so it's kind of tough to really can't rewind it yeah yeah, you can't you can't rewind it and when you're that parent that's making that decision about things it's it's tough it is it's tough but it's hard to kind of just say like, "Hey, the the, the parents should have made he he should have been there." Is is it is it's tougher than what it is to just talk about it. Well, you're obviously talking about a specific situation. Yeah, 
Generally speaking, though, if a dad can't be there because he made a bad decision, I'm talking about dads now, right? Old son, not talking about anyone else particular moment because he made a bad decision. Maybe he was, you know, did something illegal. Maybe he was abusive. Maybe something like that. That's that's irrelevant. Like you made that decision, you can't run that back. But do you tap out and give up, or do you use that as like that's not who I am? I got to work, even if it takes years to come back from that. Because the the good thing about Kenneth and his dad, when he talked about on the podcast, that like. They're cool now. He learned about his history. And by the way, I, I'm the same living thing. My dad, every time I talk to my biological father, always apologized to me. I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry. In fact, a lot of times, I know you're mad at me. I know you hate me. And I told him, I actually don't. Like, I'm not mad at you. I don't hate you. Like, it's actually worked out okay. Like, it's, it turned out okay in my specific situation. But he made some decisions in his life. That he's, you know, he's been paying the price for him throughout his life, right? You know, he hasn't had good relationships with his kids. And so now he's trying to circle back around, just like in a football game. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you get your butt whooped in the first, second quarter. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about how you finish, not about how you start. So whatever situation you're talking about, you know, obviously that's specific. So what I'm saying is more general, not to like, it's like, hey, that father, oldest son relationship, that is a relationship that's hard and complex. The dads out there that are listening to this, like, I made a mistake or I can't see my son because of certain situations or yeah, I've talked to a lot of dads where they really had contentious relationships with their ex, with baby's mom, whatever. And like, I had to step away from that, but I've also talked and they did nothing to engage with their kid's life. Mm. Then I had other dads were like, Hey, no, I'm going to find ways. If it's write a letter, if it's this, it's like doing a journal so I can show my son. I was thinking about like, there's always something you can do for yourself for your child to keep a connection, depending on your situation, you may be limited though. Yeah, you I may, mean, you may not have a lot of options based on certain situations. Yeah, Cause everybody's not perfect and everybody don't make those, That's true. those, those, this is what it's going to be. But then sometimes you just got to live with those decisions. Well, you know, as, as fathers with the uh, oldest sons, um, I'll, I'll share something that happened last night that really tripped me out. So as Rojo said, we, we went to, um, this event at Lux auto spa here in Utah. Really cool. I mean, they had Lambo there. I think a couple horses. Was Ferraris. that a big Hummer that I was sitting like kind of under? What, what was, was that? that? Yeah, Bearcat. Uh, wow, that thing was it was massive, huge. huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they had you know old school Mustang, red and white Mustang, old muscle car there. Hmm. And so we did this breath work thing, and I'll I'll cut right to the basis of it. But uh, I had a couple things that happened. But one thing that happened in particular um, that was surprising me, but I want to mention on the podcast was uh, I just started. Instantly, when I was breathing, I started thinking about sons and fathers. Mm. I saw the face of the two boys that passed away from suicide that I counseled, and I saw it like in my mind's eye. I saw both of their fathers' faces, and I realized at that time that like I was holding on to a lot of pain still. I just th those those men's faces just looking at those dads. You know, my job's to, you know, help keep their son safe. And I wasn't able to keep them safe with they were going through in that situation. And then I saw the boys' faces. But then I saw my son's face. Mm -hmm. I saw my son's face. And this didn't, like, all happen in, like, just really quickly. It was like we were doing it for, like, 30 minutes. Like, yeah. yeah and, and, um, and so when I saw my son's face, instantly I started to realize some things that I need to do with him. I, I always knew that through the father-old-son relationship, you're, I'm transferring my energy onto him, right? 
And I always knew, I've talked about in recent podcasts, I always knew these basic things, but for some reason, something really stood out to me last night is that he needs me to spend time with him face-to-face and constantly telling him that what I'm going through is not what he's going through. So what I mean is that when I'm stressed, I didn't realize that I don't, like, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm not bad stressed, but I have a lot of stress in me. Mm-hmm. This morning, out of nowhere, he looks at me. He's like, he's like, Dad, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. What's time? And I was like, so I grabbed him, and I, and I put my forehead in his forehead. I said, look at me. Because, yeah, I said, you actually know me, don't you? <laughs> you can tell something's bothering me. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, and I said, I wasn't able to sleep last night. I go, I am stressed. I'm stressed because I have all this stuff I have to do, and I'm trying to figure out some things. So, you know what? You got me. I am stressed. But my stress has nothing to do with you. In fact, I'm actually, you're the thing that makes me the happiest right now. And he kind of lit up. So I had to take my own advice. I didn't realize that I'm always like, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. And mm-hmm. I, I can't do that with him. If yeah. I do that with him, then what do you, what do you think he's going to do if he doesn't know and he's unsure if he's the problem or not the problem? He's going to assume the, the worst energy. case scenario. He's going to assume that it is him. So just by me saying that to him, he smiled and he went off to school. So now I'm like every single day at night before he goes off school, Something about that forehead to forehead looking him like, hey, like, I actually had a hard day today. So if I if I'm if I'm seeing a little off, whatever, it's because of that. And I know if I do that, he'll do the same thing. And that's a that's a really good experience that you felt because my experience that I had last night was pretty close to like I seen a face, like I seen a full face, and it was like the face that popped up was basically putting me into that position of like. Things that have happened throughout my life, not being vulnerable was one of the biggest that kept popping up as I was laying there doing the breathing, the breathing technique. And it was just like, dude, not being vulnerable is something that has, is kind of holding me back. You know, it's, um, you know how they say it takes a village to raise the kid, you know? I'm really, after last night, I'm really believing that as an adult, as a man, whatever, as just it's always good to have at least one partner of the opposite sex that you can be vulnerable with. And that can open up a lot of doors. So I'm realizing that last night as in like, I have no other partner to, to be vulnerable with. And the partners that I thought that I had, I was like somebody that I was really close with. It's like, I kind of messed up those relationships. I kind of, I didn't demolish them completely. I didn't burn the bridge all the way, but I burned them enough where it's gonna take a lot of rebuilding to get that back but all that happened all last night as in thinking about my kid thinking about my son like man you know the village it's important to have a village it's important to have a lot of people around good people you know this this that but then as an adult woman or or male having a partner that's the opposite sex that you can be vulnerable with and it don't have to be romantic it don't have to be sexual it don't have to be anything other than you being vulnerable with this person that's the opposite sex. I feel like it can help you. And I Absolutely. really, I really believe last night. That's what, that's what the that's what stood was out to me. you the most. That's what stood out. It's to crazy me. how everybody kind of had their Every, own little yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. And to hear yours, I'm like, like I had a face that popped up and I'm like, the face that popped up was the person that I feel that I need to be vulnerable with. That is the person that I need to open. I need to, that, like that bridge is not all the way burned. It's like, I can kind of rebuild it. So last yeah, night the, it was it was deeper because it felt i felt it and it was just like 
that was probably to me that is the biggest like i know you felt it too whereas it seemed like you had this big old weight on your chest and it was holding you and like you was mentioning yeah. it kind of made you think like man you know like those faces come up for you for me it was like one of the biggest weights that i need to remove is i need to build a vulnerable relationship with a, a, a opposite sex and go from there because i just don't well, and also too, when you had bad relationships, whether it was you made mistakes, they made mistakes, it, no. or it just didn't work out, it, it's hard not to get callous and like kind of yeah. like I don't want to open up that see, side of me. See, you know what I mean? You'll, you'll open up to your mom, you'll open up to your yeah, sister if yeah. you have that. Like if like us talking about Mel's wise, you'll open up to them, and then maybe an auntie you might open yeah. up to, but then it's it's not the same when it's, it's somebody not. that's completely different blood, and it's like you start feel, you start understanding what the love is. And, and how are you supposed to give something to your son? Because it balances out as guys. I know if I didn't have my wife in my life. Yeah, when I heard you say that, when we was talking about it yeah. last night, it is, it, it is important. And it's like, you, I think about the kid, like I said earlier, think about having your kid. You got to have that village. But it's like, as an adult, you really do have to have a, a partner that you can be vulnerable, vulnerable with. And when you can be vulnerable with them, it helps you so much stuff. And... Yeah, man, because my, just my conversations with my wife helps me understand my son better because she sees me from the outside and she sees him from the inside and the outside. She created him. But you could be vulnerable with her. And exactly. I'll up. tell her when I'm frustrated. Yeah. But if I don't tell her when I'm frustrated, then I carry to disconnect between me and him. When I tell her when I'm frustrated and she hears me out and then she says, OK, well, have you done this? Have you done that? I'm like, no, no, I, no, he wouldn't like that. And then she's like, no, don't say that. Like, you haven't tried it. You got to do it. There's been times, so many times, I thought, I never thought I'd be this kind of a dad that want to pull away from my son just because he doesn't want to hang out with me or just because he want to do stuff like that. I'm like, dang, I realized when I was younger, I dealt with all my mommy issues, counseling, stuff like that, being married to a woman, I dealt with all my mommy issues. I didn't realize at this stage of my life, I was going to have to face my daddy issues. <laughs> you see, but last night, but then last night, last yeah. night it happened. And it was like that breathing, the, the breathing treatment, the breathing setup and yeah. everything was the best experience to have. And I'll tell Again. all my viewers that if you do get an opportunity to go experience something that's like, is this deep, do it and be open-minded about it because you just never know what can happen. And we're going to create more. And so that's yes. what we're going to work with Jamie and Michelle. Uh -huh. Um, through my nonprofit quit trip and we're going to try to, I, I think it'd be so cool if we could have these once a month. I'd really like to start doing it in niche things like, like uh former football players, whether it be mm -hmm. college or pros, yeah. um, you know, MMA fighters, but you know, it's my, tough. It's tough. My, on my, my poly uh, people, dude, I, 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 I want to call up, up all my yeah. Usos, but Hey man, let's do this breathing thing together. You know, we, we may, you know, I, I, I think with them, we'd have to do all poly only first, you know, kind of keep yeah, like it. Yeah. But if you get people in their certain niches of groups, once they do it once and like, Okay, then they'd be more comfortable to do with other people because you know some dudes are they're yeah, guarded with they're that guarded. stuff because it's yeah. almost like intuitively we know there's Pandora's box inside of us that we're scared to open yeah, up that thing. It's, it's going, it's walking through that door, and that's why like yesterday, right after that, right after the event, I just kind of like had a thought of like you know, like life journey is tough, you know, yeah. like the journey of life is very tough, but it's never too late. It's never too late to see the light. I like put that on my Instagram just to because it 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 felt it, it hit me where it's just like. It's light at the end of the tunnel. I just got to continue to go through this. Yeah. Go through this. For now. Yeah, the breath work definitely felt like it was more of a feminine energy and feminine thing, which I think, which was good. That's it what balanced balanced it out. out. It balanced yes. out. I think guys <laughs> did a lot better there because last time I did breath work, it was years ago. As a therapist, I have to go get these continuing education credits. Mm -hmm. And I, ch I chose this meditation breath work one. And so it was a two-day seminar thing. And we did breath work like this. We did it twice in two days. 
it was guy, it was like, you know, male, female, you know, therapist all in some hotel, like during the middle of the day. Huh. It was it was cool. I liked the meditation part better, but this one last night was a lot better. Yeah, Having a, just a bunch of dudes there, I think actually allowed people you to just kind of yeah, well. just a little you bit. I, vibe, I think if there's yeah. a lot of girls there, at least for for last night, I think I don't think myself. You don't want to let things out in front. I, of, I think a lot of yeah. dudes would have had a harder time because there's some dudes breaking down, crying last night. Dude. Yeah, uh, they were and, sobbing, and it showed that this, yeah. this the breathing stuff works. You just got to really be open minded to it and really be into the mind of like hey i'm doing this to see what's going to happen and you gotta be up. curious yeah you gotta be you gotta curious, be curious. Yeah, yeah yeah i hey, just not to say not to diss on those dudes because i teared up when when uh i thought about the, all those guys faces. but as soon as my son's face came into it i'm like thought about those dads losing their son i thought about my son i was like that's when i started to swell i just see, yeah i actually in my instinct was like don't cry and i was like yeah see in my mind let it out i'm like just let it out and my body and my mind went to like this is the this is the common denominator. This is what it is. Like the, like my, my my body and my mind just like it, it went into like this is exactly what I need that's gonna help me see what see my see what I needed as a man. Like this is what I need. This is this is the goal, Robert. Go get it. This is the only way that you're gonna get that next that next. This gonna open totally those caught doors. you off guard too, huh? Yeah, it did. It did. I was like, this I is didn't see open that coming. I said, and and like all last night, I'm like the person I need to speak to. I need to speak. Her, I need to, and it's like I made sure to text and call, and like I need to speak. That's to crazy. Person. I went home and like, grabbed my son. We're like, dude, son. see, yeah, see, and like I, love me, you, I went man. this I way. Like, like I was like, I need to figure out a way to get to it because cool. it's really, really important. Because it just felt it, and I'm like, it's good. This is gonna. I I know that this is my way of opening up some things. Well, I I've enjoyed this this episode. Um, this part two, the father father oldest son relationship. The first part was more like informational yeah. about all, that, but this part definitely. I mean, it's it's a powerful relationship, you know. We definitely uh, we're trying to we're trying to be better than 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 the people that live before us, and that's what they want. That's the end goal. And in order to be better, we got to be able to be like, all right, well, what the hell's wrong in the first place? Well, then once we figure out the problem, then we got to create solutions of like, okay, what do I need to do? And you know, you found out something last night. I found out something last night as well. And as long as we keep on doing it, you know, we're gonna get better at what we practice. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> all right you guys well thank you as always for following us here on light the fight podcast and in these episodes og therapy please send in some uh some questions uh, if there's any topics in fact we should probably run it on instagram uh, uh for og therapy some questions from men and you women out there if you know your men have some questions but they're too uh they're not willing to ask them maybe you could ask them in proxy for your men and uh rojo and i would be happy to answer them so as always you guys follow us on instagram follow us on youtube and most importantly, thank you for helping us like the fight. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.